Well, everybody, welcome to another one of these. Uh, today, we are headed on to Weld County Road 49 towards Keensburg. So between Greeley and Keensburg, there's this stretch of road, County Road 49, which uh, fans of the show will be familiar from from a couple years ago because this is the road I took to the airport out and back when I was doing a, a workshop in Portland, Oregon and was flying out there every weekend. And also Poon Master Flex lived out there. So I was uh, traveling to go to this workshop every weekend and then also, or every Monday really, and then seeing her. It was, uh, it was quite a, a time of life because uh, I, so it was a workshop with Chuck Palahniuk and Lydia Yuknovich in Portland. And you had to submit a very short, like a 250-word writing sample. And I did that and was accepted um, into, the, into the program. And uh, went there and, uh, yeah, it was every Monday for three months. Um, interestingly enough... Uh, some things came out of that that, you know, I've heard Chuck Palahniuk talk about in interviews and stuff like that. One of them was uh, there's this lady, Trisha Callahan, who I thought was very a very talented writer. And she brought in a, a story. Everyone kind of had a week where they brought in pages and read a story. And it was like, you know, limited to, I think, seven pages or something like that. Um, and she brought in one that was a little more, I would say, on the literary fiction side, and it wasn't as much of a story that has, like, a solid beginning, middle, end. And it's a little, you know, it was, it's to my taste. I do like those kind of stories sometimes, um, as long as the writing's good. And hers was good. I think it leaves you in a space of, like, I don't know, what's, what is this? What isn't it? <laughs> what isn't it? what is this, where, why, where's it going? But, you know, it's not like there's no answer to that. It's not like uh, you can't use your brain and think of some things. But uh, wasn't well-liked by Mr. Palahniuk, which is fine. Um, I think his taste definitely runs to... It's weird because I feel my taste moving in, in that same direction, which is like the older I get, the less I value the super introspective like story of you know a breakup or something like that or like a uh, seems like often this is a story for that uh, female characters in where she has a sort of midlife crisis um, of some kind and you know this is usually a growth story or something um it's funny because stories of ladies in midlife crisis seems to be like eat, pray, love, and they grow into something new. And male midlife crisis stories are like they revert into uh, old time, into childhood or something. You know, they buy a sports car, they play a lot of video games, something like that. Anyway, um, one time the discussion came up of there was a magazine store that was closing in Portland and uh, 
I guess Chuck frequented the store and was talking about how, you know, the magazine store was like, well, really no one gives a shit about used magazines anymore. And uh, one thing that the person didn't take was porn. I guess, you know, it was like National Geographics, which with being with the library is very familiar with. But the other one was uh, like old Playboys and stuff, because I guess the guy was like, there's just not a market for it. Like, nobody cares. The Internet killed uh, paper pornography pretty quickly and thoroughly. And uh, also, I guess, I, I don't really know, because I, I haven't looked at one in a long time, but I have to imagine that uh, Playboy-type pornography seems very quaint at this point I would think it's like well it's just a naked person it's not like remotely what you'd find online so it's got to be pretty uh, tame but anyway um, so someone in the workshop and I think it was Trisha said basically like oh this explains the uh, or I don't think it was her doesn't matter someone was like this is why you find that box of porn in the woods and the person went on to sort of say, like, yeah, like, when you're a kid, you know, and you're in the woods or, like, a, re a weird area of town and you just find this box of porn, it's probably because, like, well, Use Magazine doesn't want them. There's no secondary market for them. Also, probably there's not much secondary market for porn because it's, like, do I really want a magazine that, like, I know other people jerked off to and maybe in? But <laughs> anyway... Um, you know, and it's not, I don't know, it's weird. It's like, I don't feel that way about a person, but a magazine, I'm like, eh. Well, here's the thing. You can get the same magazine or, you know, equivalent uh, for a reasonable price and be fairly certain that nobody has jerked off while looking at this exact thing. Uh, nobody has alternated between touching the pages and their penis. So, uh, you know, and then other people in the workshop related their stories. And this is like peak Chuck Palahniuk thing, which is like somebody tells a story about something and everybody else has their version of that story. And it turns out this is like a super common experience that people didn't know was a common experience because no one really talks about it. Um, and someone told a story about, you know, she had, I think it was Trisha, and she had found, like, this porn in the woods, in the box, and uh, brought it home because, like, her family, you know, they didn't have a ton of money, and they had, you know, they would bring home, like, books and magazines and stuff, kind of dumpster diving style. And she brought it home, and, like, uh, it was a big fucking problem. Right. And it was like a very shaming thing and whatever. Um, and she had no she didn't know because she was too little to understand like, oh, this is a pornographic magazine, not a National Geographic. But anyway, so then, you know, at some point, Chuck was like, this would be a great like short story series of like the box of porn in the woods is the uniting factor of all the stories um, and, you know, kids finding them and whatever and. So then Trisha suggested the title for it was Children of the Porn, like Children of the Corn. And then uh, everybody loved it. But then, you know, of course, it was like, well, that's never going to get published because you cannot publish a book that has children and porn in, this, in the title. 
Um, even if it's separated by of the, even if it's a joke based on Children of the Corn, that's just not going to fly. But anyway, I, I still think it's a great idea for an anthology, and I, I'd be interested. I'd be mostly interested in nonfiction accounts of this. Anyway, if you want to hear a lot about that period of uh, Pete's life, you can go back to, I don't know, that probably would have been like 2018? 2017, 18, 19, somewhere in there. Um, you'll just see that I posted an episode like four a week or something for a while there, or two a week for a while, or I guess I didn't. I guess I had spaced them out a little bit, but man, was that a consistent period for me. Because I had, you know, an hour to 90 minutes drive every, uh, twice a week, basically. So anyway, we're on this road, County Road 49, because supposedly this is the home of the Keensburg Witch. Um, this is the road of the witch. And uh, the Keensburg Witch will appear usually as a person shambling along the road, a woman. And uh, if you pick her up, that's, that's no good. There are also legends of, you know, phantom vehicles. And uh, I think there's also a legend that has something to do with, like, if you see her on your way from Keensburg, um, you're fine. But if you see her on your way back, you're not, or vice versa. Um, there's a, a Greeley Tribune article from Halloween in the 70s about someone's sighting of the Keensburg witch that I will... I'm going to read that, so I'm going to splice that in here because I cannot read that while driving. I mean, I probably could, but that seems like it wouldn't work out great audio-wise and would... Uh, it's probably a little more dangerous than than is worth it or than is necessary. Than is necessary because I can just drive and then do that later and splice it in thanks to the magic of technology. I don't have to do both. So uh, why not use the magic of very easy-to-use technology instead of trying to read while driving? Um, this is the road of the witch! Okay, here's the uh, Keensburg Witch article from Friday, October 31st, 1975, titled Another Resident Relates Experience with Keensburg Witch. That's a... That's a real banger of a title, huh? Relates experience with. It is the Keensburg fucking witch. Okay. It is a lonely, desolate drive from the north end of the Keensburg cutoff where the two-lane road drops south of US-34 to the small southern Weld County town of Keensburg. There are scatterings of farmhouses along the route, but most are set back from the road, leaving the driver with the feeling that he is navigating the 22-mile journey in complete solitude. That's how I think a, like a Vincent Price scary person would read it. Solitude. Although the road's true title is Weld 49, its best-known name is the Keensburg Cutoff. To some, it is known as the haunting ground of the Keensburg Witch. Although many consider the Keensburg Witch a child's tale, there are others who sincerely believe that she or her counterparts are a reality. Stories of the witch vary. Some say she hobbles beside the roadway, hoping some unsuspecting driver may stop and give her a ride to his despair. Other, There's like a weird tilde. 
give her a ride to his despair. Maybe that's just a dash. Maybe that's a, you know, old tiny printing. Like somebody fucked up our dash. Maybe that's how the tilde came to be born. I don't really know what the tilde does, but uh, maybe that's how it came to be. Because it was like our typesetting, our dash got fucked up, and then someone was making a keyboard, and they're like, what's this weird-ass dash? And they're like, I don't know, just fucking throw it in the upper left corner. Um, other storytellers say that if you see the Keensburg witch on your trip from Keensburg, there is no problem. But if you see us see her a second time on your return to Keensburg, you are destined for a horrible traffic accident. One story is circulating that if you pass the old witch on the road, she will suddenly appear in the back seat of your car, crackling and shrieking as only a witch can, and cause your car to wreck. You know how they all those witches love crackling, whatever that means. I guess you know old bones. Although most adults will only scoff at the story, it is told in Keensburg that one night when a driver from the cutoff reported seeing the Keensburg witch along the road, the entire Keensburg Volunteer Fire Department rushed to the scene, only to find an elderly woman had been left beside the road by a driver in a car long gone. <laughs> so it's like, oh, just some old lady. You know, everyone talks about these witches at uh, Salem or something. No one talks about, like, the one time this old lady was hitchhiking in Keensburg, which terrible idea, but you know, then someone was like, "Fuck this shit! I think she's a witch. Why risk it? I'm out." And then an old lady had to get picked up by the fire department. <laughs> the witch or something evil on the Keensburg cutoff is also very real to J. Reichard of Greeley. Remembering a slight mention in the Tribune of stories of the witch during Halloween last year. Riker decided he wanted to drive the road at night to discover the witch for himself. The first time he traveled the road, he only went about halfway, and seeing nothing, decided to give up and try another night. I mean, this is a road that takes, well, maybe at this time it's a dirt road. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it takes, I don't know, an hour out and back. The second time he tried was on a night when he and his wife had friends visiting from Pennsylvania. While discussing supernatural beliefs, Reichard recalled the witch story, and the four decided to make the drive to find her. After making the long trip to Keensburg without success, the four decided they probably wouldn't see her, and their trip was in vain. They didn't see the Keensburg witch that night on their return trip from Keensburg, but they did see a seemingly driverless pickup truck, and they were frightened beyond their wildest imaginations. About six miles north of Keensburg, as their car passed a side road, a pair of headlights switched on and the vehicle pulled onto the cutoff and began following Reichard's car. Oh no, thought Reichard, a state patrolman. But the vehicle didn't behave like a state patrolman's car should. Pulling up very close to Reichard's rear bumper, the vehicle stayed close despite Reichard's varying speed. When he would dim his lights, the pickup behind him would suddenly dim its light. When Reichard would hit the high beam switch, the pickup's lights would suddenly go on high beam. Reichard slowed down and signaled the pickup's driver to pass him. The pickup stayed where it was, directly behind his rear bumper. When he speeded up to speeds in excess of 70 miles per hour, the pickup stayed where it was. 70 being, it's 65, I think, on most of the road, but you know. Then suddenly the pickup began to pull alongside Reichard's car almost as if the driver wanted Reichard and his passengers to see who was driving. 
The pickup pulled alongside Reichard's car and slowed to Reichard's car's pace. All four passengers strained to see through the darkness and catch a glimpse of the driver. No one was seen. No face, no hands on the steering wheel, no silhouette of the driver or passenger, no head. There was a shadow, which could have been a shoulder, and the passengers in Reichard's back seat saw another shadow in the pickup's passenger seat, which also could have been a shoulder. After a few seconds, the pickup dropped back behind Reichard's car and continued its crazed pursuit. About eight miles from the turnoff on US-34, the lights disappeared. Reichard could see nothing in his rearview mirror, and the passenger stared back through the back window, but everything was black. Reichard and his group breathed a sigh of relief and were just beginning to talk about their experience when the light suddenly switched on again, directly behind Reichard's rear bumper. I don't know if the pickup was following us without its lights on or not, Reichard said later, but I don't know anyone who'd drive that close to another car for more than three miles at 70 miles an hour. The pickup again chased Reichard's car for a few miles, but just as they approached US-34, the light suddenly disappeared again. It wasn't as if someone just turned off their headlights, Reichard said. The pickup just vanished. Although the incident may not have involved the Keensburg witch at all, Reichard is convinced it was a supernatural happening. I don't know what it was, Reichard said, but it sure frightened four adults. I'll never go back there again looking for that witch again. Um, County Road 49, you know, definitely in the 70s, but even up to, like, the 2010s was a much, much more rural road. Um, it used to just be a, you know, two-lane blacktop that basically ran between uh, part of Greeley and Evans and then uh, to Keensburg, which people don't know, but it goes from Highway 34 to... Uh, Interstate 76. And uh, this was the back way that I learned how to drive to the airport. Um, Because uh, by the time the airport was out where Denver International Airport is, and by the time, uh, you know, things were getting more built up in the 2010s and stuff, it was like... um, it was challenging to drive to the airport, you know, taking Highway 34 and then the interstate is, like, horrible. And this is actually much faster. Well, it's not much faster, but the difference is, if you go this way, you know it's going to be about an hour. If you go that way, it could be 45 minutes, but it could be 90 minutes. And it just depends on the traffic and whatever, and it's also a drive that's, like, unpleasant. You know, you might have to slam on the brakes from going 75 miles an hour, and this, it's not going to happen, unless you see a deer. One time I did see a deer, and also this road has a lot of blown-out truck tires and dead raccoons along it. Um, So anyway, County Road 49, though, used to be, like, very rural, uh, and I I could definitely see it being spooky. When I drove along here before, I... uh, a lot of the mornings I was out here at like 5 a.m. or something in the winter, so it was still totally dark, very cold, very foggy. Uh, a fog would set in, and it was a pretty heavy fog. Uh, part of this road runs right along um, two rivers, I think, the Platte and the... Shit, I can't remember the other river. It'll come to me. 
there's three rivers that kind of run right through Greeley, and it, it ran along two of those um, at one end. And, you know, it, it it's a little hilly, so it goes up and down. So as you get in the bottom of the hills, you get a little bit more fog effect. Um, so at that time, it was probably very spooky, and it would be the perfect road to be like there might be a witch, especially in the 70s, because really... I wouldn't think a lot of people would be driving this road unless you lived in Keensburg or maybe Hudson or something, which are still pretty small towns. Um, and you were driving into Greeley or Evans or something for some reason. Uh, now it's a lot more trafficked, partially because of the airport, but really because oil and gas. There's a lot of oil and gas industry out here. And I think expanding this road to be a lot more uh, friendly was a big part of that. So, you know, back in the day, you would drive this road. And when I say back in the day, I guess I really mean like 10 or 15 years ago, you would drive this road and, uh, you know, it'd be dark and you'd often have to pass like a, a semi-truck semi um, by going into the other oncoming traffic and stuff, which there wasn't much oncoming traffic. But... Uh, just one of those typical rural road experiences where you could probably drive the, you know, I would drive this entire road at 5.30 in the morning, even just a couple years ago, and I might not see another car between Greeley and uh, I-76. So, you know, it's the perfect place to get freaked out and weirded out and all that kind of stuff, especially if that sort of thing is creepy to you. Um, I would highly recommend, if that's creepy to you, this would be a great experience. Uh, I guess if you want to be creeped out, but this sort of thing is at your creep level, uh, driving this at night would be pretty good. I did have a, a weird experience, too, where, uh, by the way, no witch sighting yet, no pedestrian sighting. It would be really unusual to see someone walking on this road. You know, this isn't like a heavily walked road for... Because it's, it's basically a highway. It's four lanes now. Um, two going each way, and they expanded it for all the oil field traffic primarily. You know, that's not what they said it was for, but that's pretty much what they said it was for. And I think some of the money probably came from oil and gas. Um, but, you know, it's also, it's kind of a dangerous situation to have, like, heavy equipment and stuff going up and down a road as well as normal-ass people. Um, if you take the airport shuttle also from Greeley, this is the way you'll probably go. Anyway, uh, another story about this road is, uh, so there's the off author Jean Yun Lang. He wrote uh, American Born Chinese, and more recently, uh, Superman Fights the Klan, Superman versus the Klan, called something like that. Uh, he came in for an author event that we were bringing him to some high schools and stuff. And he happened to come in during a horrible blizzard. And the person who was supposed to pick him up didn't. Um, you know, she basically told everyone, like, I don't know if she said I'm not comfortable driving in the snow or whatever, but was not going to pick him up. Um, and she was, like, totally going to pick him up and, like, no problem and whatever. And then it was, like, the day of, and it's like, nope, that's not happening. So I was like, I will pick him up because he's flying in. Like, there's no stopping it at this point. I don't know if we can get him 
uh, shuttle or whatever, and I was like, fuck it, I'll go get him. So it was a blizzard, and I'm driving on this road, and um, something weird about flying into Denver International is I think people get there, and Denver International is kind of a ways off from the city. It's not like the city... The city doesn't really fully connect to the airport. Uh, You're not, like, in the middle of a lot of buildings or even houses. Uh, It doesn't feel like you're in the city when you land there. Um, It's, like, a good 20 minutes before you're like, okay, there's Denver. You can see Denver off in the distance on a clear day. Uh, But anyway, I... um, I was like, all right, I will pick him up because someone's got to. So I pick him up and then we're leaving the airport and it's like dusk and it's that kind of dusk where in a blizzard and it's like blue, the air is blue. And uh, I'm driving him from Denver to Greeley. So it's like you go from landing in this airport where it feels like you're kind of in the middle of nowhere to even worse. I'm like, we're going to drive from the outskirt of nowhere to the heart of nowhere. And when you take this road out of Greeley, there is nothing between here and Greeley. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, there's farms, and that's about it. So when you've got, like, no visibility beyond, you know, 20 feet off the road or something, it just looks like you're in a void. And uh, so that's what, <laughs> that's what we did. We were just in the void together. And uh, I was like trying to think of whether or not I should say something along the lines of like, I promise I'm not like taking you out here to kill you. Gene Yang, a treasure of literature. I promise you, you know, comic book uh, legend, Gene Yang, I promise you I'm not taking you out here to kill you or anything. But then I was like, maybe that's weirder. Because if he wasn't thinking that, it would be weirder to say it than to not say it. Right? So I, uh, I didn't take him and do that. Um, I instead just went ahead and, uh, I don't think I, maybe I did. It's possible. I commented on it, but I, I decided against commenting on it. I specifically remember, um, sorry, I'm having a little road thing here, but we're fine. Um, but anyway, so I drove him through this void, and, and we made it, and everything was fine. And then the visits were pretty lackluster because uh, uh, there was a blizzard, and the kids were supposed to walk over to the library and blah, blah, blah. Well, we've reached the end of the road, as the boys to men would say, and uh, nothing. No witch. Nothing spoopy. Um, I'm starting to get concerned that this pot is basically like, let's take all the magic out of the world and make it not scary which feels opposite to what I was trying to do originally. But, hey, you know, opposites attract? I don't know. I always get in trouble when I try to end these episodes with, like, the lesson here is da-da-da-da. This is not that kind of show. And uh, it always fails when I try to make it that kind of show. So, fuck it. All right, well, Keensburg Witch Not Spotted doesn't mean doesn't exist. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that that little news article anyway. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Are you tired of city living And the noisy crowds all day Living in the firefighters giving Hurry up, get on your way Go with the man, go with 
If you're looking for a change, go with me.